Hello and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast. I'm Max, I'm joined as ever by Andy and Nat. How are we doing guys? Are we alright? Yes, yeah. feeling fresh. Of course you are. We've just come back from holiday. It's been great since we got back, but since we came back to see our man Tom, the sun is back out. Obviously, <laughs> I, whereas I am I am grey, broken, tired, mm. and yeah. ju- just just a hot mess to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Manning the fort on my ones. Yeah, you have been. How were you? Man. How was uh, how was Cyprus? Oh, yeah, it was so good. It was so good. It was really really hot. Um, Don't get me started. Yeah, it was good. We haven't been there for like two years, which is unheard of for us. Oh, first world problems right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my heart is bleeding everywhere. Mine is. <laughs> yeah, don't get Andy started. Well, they had petrol. It's quite good. Oi, oi. Yeah. They have petrol. And they yeah. fill it up for you. Ooh. You just turn up and they put it in. The service, mate. Oh. <laughs> EU. That's what, that's what she said. EU. <laughs> yeah. I swear that's more of a bloke than we are, Andy. This week we're going to be talking about marathons and just all manner of long distance events. So whether that's an ultra marathon, Ironman, or even lower lower level stuff like a, a 5k or a, or a Tough Mudder, stuff like that. How to prepare for it, uh, optimal training methods, and just a general bit of chat. So, um, guys, what what are your experiences with uh, with marathoning? Like, have you guys uh, trained anyone that's been prepping for one? Um, what's what's that been like? I mean, I've trained a few people for marathons. Mm-hmm. A few iron, like amateur Ironman women, mm-hmm. uh, and then you always get like, I do park run or I want to do ten k's and five k's and stuff like. That. You always get that kind of thing. Um, so over the years, there's definitely been that especially people that work in offices it seems to be a thing everyone wants to do it yeah you get that with um yeah we, we train quite a few clients who have that as a as a goal i myself have done a half marathon and that's probably the most that yeah. i'll ever go i remember <laughs> stopping after the half marathon and saying i don't know how people do marathons yeah like forget that no if it's more than six reps it's cardio Absolutely. <laughs> well, you've done a marathon. I did, yes. Mm. No, I did. I did Brighton 2018. It was probably one of the most grueling experiences of my life. But I feel like I think I turned 18, and you have to be um, 18 to to register for them. Mm. So it's just more like a bucket list thing. I was like, I'm probably about as fit as I'm going to be for it. So well, I is that why it. you did it? You so just I, I just I just wanted to <laughs> wanted, wanted, wanted to just smash it out early doors. Um, but in all honesty, I got an I got an Achilles injury about a week before I started. So I genuinely uh, limp ran the whole thing. I kept my left leg almost Eesh. completely straight the entire way. I still did it, and like, I think I did it in like four forty. Um, wow. But for limp running, I was like, that's a, that's, that's, that's a pretty wow. pacey time. Um, yeah. I was I was quite pleased with. Um, yeah, I, I, I would endorse it to absolutely everyone. I think the atmosphere I had at Brighton was amazing. Yeah. I think the reason why, why I did that one personally because it's considered the, the flattest marathon, mm. um, which is obviously quite convenient. You don't want too many hills uh, going up and down. But also, it's just it was just my local one. It was amazing. Like, oh. you know, you got kids out there with little signs saying, like, tap for boost and, mm. and stuff. <laughs> uh, I think that really atmosphere sweet. of those things is incredible. It's so mm. good. Yeah. But... No, I just don't think... I think 10K is my Mm. max. That's where I'd go. The thing is, on the day, it's absolutely incredible. But, Mm. I mean, the training is some of the most depressing stuff ever. I mean, it's it's the time of year you do it as well. It's not just that. It's like... So we have a client that is currently prepping for one now. And the biggest problem is not 
the training it's the window of time you need to dedicate to mm. the training mm-hmm. and if you've got a full time job or a job that's like shifting around in Europe on ad hoc you've got to wait for their call mm-hmm. you can't always factor it in so especially when when your mileage goes up it's like yeah. you need like two hour window or four hour window to train it's yeah. like it's ridiculous yeah precisely and even then that's in the it's it, because marathon season's uh, like sort of like mid late April to mm. early May sort of time so it means you're training all through winter yeah. mm. so if you want to go out in the pissing rain yeah. it, when it's dark you, and it, again like you say if you've got a job you're going out after work when it's dark as well mm. it, like I remember training runs being some of the most depressing yeah. experiences I, would, I mean it was like March so obviously it's just sort of super dreary dark cold windy rainy mm. and because that's sort of your that's the time you start peaking about you know four six weeks before yeah. the race itself uh i i was just yeah trudging along pitch black mm. 20 miles <laughs> uh and yeah I, I i could not endorse that any less but at the same time <laughs> very day, much worth yeah. it for the day yeah. i think that's one of the major reasons why i haven't never tried to do one is because one the training is just like the volume of training is too big to fit in around work and two it was slap bang right in the middle of football season mm-hmm. so it's like pick one or the other and I'll always lean to football yeah I mean understandably there's something yeah. a lot more fun about that than yeah. just going left foot right foot for two three hours yeah, exactly mm. <laughs> what do you think actually motivates people to, to run marathons you talk about obviously mm. office workers and things like that why is a marathon considered I think it is that you're part of a minority club mm-hmm. so you can walk around saying I did a marathon and because yeah. it's such an uphill thing like task wise it's it's huge you're mm. part of that minority club so you're sick yeah. that's why you do it and I think also I feel like I'm being called out here Andy well, yeah. <laughs> 18 it's straight on it's just like something flex. that people <laughs> want to do mm. like oh I'd love to run, love to run the London Marathon or I'd love to uh, to do a marathon it seems like a task Mm. so out of people's reach sometimes yeah. that they they just want to do it but they also mm-hmm. see so many people like thousands and thousands of people doing it so they know that they might be able to do it because all of those people are doing yeah. it but it just seems so bonkers I think also it's because if you hold yourself accountable to something so extreme you're going to have to train mm-hmm. and people mm. always like oh. people love extremes <laughs> yeah they love extremes but it's like then you have to train and they know that they won't train so they will then assign themselves to something like this because it's going to make them lean it's gonna, they're going to train a lot and they're going to get mess fitter up their knees. mess up their knees whatever <laughs> but it's that whole like I better fucking do this then otherwise I'm fucked mm-hmm. and that is, it's the charity aspect of that as well, as well yeah. which, yeah. Can be, which can be you know it's, it's obviously incredible but again that's another Mm. add some more responsibility to it you're not mm. backing out that's that commitment you've got to the training but I mean entry fees are ridiculous I remember oh. if you go to a, oh, go to smaller marathons it's it's okay but I mean the the rule of thumb is the bigger the marathon and the bigger the charity the more money it is yeah but I mean if you want to run a big charity in London like if you say you want to run for cancer research you're looking about three four grand as your minimum um yeah, a sponsorship God. race which is just ridiculous I mean yeah. that, I think that potentially is why it comes down to office workers you know your lawyers bankers yeah, whoever can actually want to do has <laughs> have the sort of mates the colleagues and things that can afford um, to come up with those mm. big sponsorships mm. um, I yeah. think I think that's a similar thing with Ironmans as well obviously you've got yeah. the cost of the bike as well I mean that's mm. like what five grand yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. The same cost these... of actual kit and then also the cost of your time that mm. you spent 
dedicated to it. And then you have to like, I don't know, do you have to pay for the ticket as well if you're... Yeah, you pay a basic sign-up thing. It's like something yeah. like 30 quid or something. Well, I did, a, I did a 10K a few weeks ago. did mm. a London one. And my ticket was like £75. Pounds. I know. That's it's mad. It's mad. I'd just go outside and run. But <laughs> Fuck that. I guess that goes to charity. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? The, the COVID one was interesting because I remember I was signed up for London 2020 and when they cancelled it, they offered to do a virtual marathon and you can basically oh, yeah. run it, track it on Strava, that. do that and they'll send you a medal. And I just looked at that and thought, like, that is, sounds like the most pointless yeah. thing. It's completely not the, the thing is, you just, it. you just hope it's going to charity and that's like, you know, how much of it is going to charity and how much of it are they taking as well? That's the thing that... Yeah, well, they'll always say... You know, yeah, exactly. Just make, you know, make sure you double check. You look at your T's and C's, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, in terms of mileage, then, um, Andy, so you mentioned prepping a few athletes and that yourself as well. Um, what would you look at for mileage, or would you say it's different for different people about how you slowly build up, mm. obviously, and then where you peak when you start to deload and, and, and taper off? Because I've got how I did it myself, but I'm curious about your takes. Yeah, I think like. Firstly, it depends on who's in front of you. Like, if you've got someone who's quite skilled with marathons, they've been mm-hmm. doing it, yeah. then you don't have to always pull them back saying, look, you don't need to hit a PB every single time you run. You just need to grow your mileage. And they understand all those things. But when you've got a novice, it's kind of hard because they think that the marathon's today. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you're like, you don't need to do that today. Just make sure you're getting your mileage. It depends who's in front of you. But I think there's some basic rules like, for example, you know, you would grow your mileage every three weeks, then taper off, then grow your mileage every three weeks, then taper off. But then as a whole, your mileage is growing. Yeah. That's one way to do it. Uh, there's many ways to play with it, but that's one way to do it. But like, I like to stick to a framework of like, you have a couple days where you are building base mileage and mm-hmm. then week on week, you're trying to build that mileage by around 10%. And you're not trying to hit PBs there. You're just like getting the mileage in because it's volume of work. If you're not doing that, you're just going to be spent. Mm. And also you ain't going to build your capacity. Then I feel like every seven to 10 days, you should have your long run. And that long run is like the tester of where you're at each week or each two, three weeks that you're doing it or each seven to 10 days you're doing it. You should also have some tempo days, I think. And those tempo days are economy stuff. So it's like, all right, maybe you were doing 5K on one of your base, then on your tempo day, you might be doing a 5K, but then you're pushing elements of your speed, so you might break that up into, you know, Ks of fives. Yeah. And you're working on your economy and your tempo, and simultaneously having some sort of, like, weight training that runs alongside that, because, as you mentioned, knees, mm-hmm. backs, you need to become robust enough to deal with the fact that you're going to be pounding for, like, four hours. Yeah. Or three hours, if that's what you're going for. Um and then the biggest 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 factor is recovery no one ever fixes that into Mm. their Mm -hmm. framework and that is I think that is where the art is if you can structure that improperly and make sure that you have as much value given to the recovery as you have to building your mileage Mm -hmm. up you will probably get there yeah and lastly it's like going back to what Katie was talking about with the weight training it's like making sure you're dialed in to everything that you should be doing from a nutrition, from a rest period, from a getting your volume in each and every week. Because if you miss a couple of weeks because something is more important, it's a very difficult task to catch it back up again. So you need to 
make sure that when you sign up to do your marathon, you're going to do your fucking yeah. marathon. You're yeah. not going to take the piss out of it. Yeah, I think even from people going from like, or building up to their first 5K or their, or their 10K, it's, I wouldn't worry about the times mm. that, you're, that you're running in. I would just worry about getting getting the uh, the miles in or the kilometers in mm-hmm. rather than looking down Strava and you see that so and so is doing it in I don't know like a a different split than you and it's way faster and you kind of got to catch up to them. Yeah. I think you re- really just need to focus on getting the kilometers in, ticking them off um and work on your distance rather than going head first trying to run your 5k speed for your 10k or your 15k it's just not going to work there's a few tests you can do as well so like before you start your um your marathon training you can do like a what we call mas um test which is max aerobic max aerobic speed and you can do that over five minutes where you run five minutes on a treadmill as fast as you can and you calculate that distance and then there's a few formulas you can use. They're well written on Google and stuff. You can find them. Mm-hmm. And then it basically shows you the maximum speed you can run at until you cross over your aerobic system to your anaerobic speed. So you know what your aerobic system is and its capacity. And then you can program in percentages each time you're going to go for a run and program backwards from the day of the run all the way to the start date mm-hmm. on how hard you're going to run so you stay within those brackets. So there's a few of those things that we've definitely incorporated in people's programs so that they, because it's one thing saying to you run 5K, but then going back to Nat's point, it's like, well, if he's run a 5K at that speed, it's just like when we write our weight training programs, it's like, how do you prescribe intensity? Mm-hmm. So you can use those tests to go, look, it's okay that you're running at 70% in this one. And then that's what you're going for. Um so I think that's important because everyone's trying to get a PB every time they run, and that's really that's the problem, a big problem. No, it's it's. It, I think it's slightly unhealthy to be comparing yourself like apps like Strava, looking at the pace of other people. I'm aware it's it's good for accountability, and some people need that mm. to force them to do it if they can see their friends, family, and whatnot are doing it. But I th- I think a marathon, especially because it is purely a solo sport. Mm. That's why I have a client that told me she recently joined a running club and she can't put headphones in because obviously it's, it's supposed to be a communal thing but also everyone's running at different paces mm. yeah, so I know. She, she can't even talk to people because obviously yeah. you know mate boys up in front of her mate girls like behind her somewhere um, so it's it seems like the most pointless thing in the world a running club to me yeah. Um, but yeah that's, that, that, that's a weird thing I think also like your training is a good marker of you know like when, when you go to these events there's always like a pacemaker that you'll follow for certain times yeah but doing your training, you like oh, there's so many apps now and watches. Mm. You can create your own pacemaker based on you, the logs of what you've been doing. Then yeah. when you turn up on the event day, you should know. Like mm. that. Yeah. That's if you've done your prep work on the event day, you probably don't need a pacemaker because you've got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that I I met my pacemaker on like the last mile. <laughs> I was I was, was aiming the first for, aid I was bit. no, I was aiming for the pacemaker the whole time, and then I just kept dropping back and dropping back and dropping back, mm. and I was like, I've lost him, I've lost him, lost him. <laughs> then I put another pacemaker up, <laughs> and I oh, they were the best they yeah, you, were so they you, were so so good but your 10k yeah. was a nightmare we prepped you not my 10k your, what was it half marathon sorry it was a nightmare we prepped you you was ready 
and then day before Nat gets ill with a cold literally bunged up couldn't breathe anything it's like <laughs> like, like Kilo can't even breathe <laughs> and then you bought new trainers who does that no you wore them and wore them like so she was running running obviously can't breathe then saw her family stopped and then once you stop you know what happened I didn't stop Ooh. it was Mother's Day so I gave Mother's Day oh, okay. okay it's an event man yeah <laughs> hug it's when you finished <laughs> and then the blisters kicked in so I think the, what, the point I'm making is that you should be doing smaller events in the lead up to doing your marathon because that teaches you a lot about the day. So like with some of the guys that we've done for marathons, we've made sure they've done a half marathon at a certain point, a 10K at a certain point because there's nothing like the day. And if if you've never done one, it's important to get them in. Events are very important and your pace changes a lot based upon when you see other people running, Mm. you subconsciously sometimes just keep them as a marker and then that could be too fast, too slow, whatever Mm. it is for you. Music's another massive one, depending on what you're listening, if you Mm. listen to music whilst you're running. Mm. If you've got something that's really up-tempo or maybe there's like a taste and drop or something and then all of a sudden you speed off and then realise, oh, no, she overdid that. Zorba. Clutching clutching a stitch. (laughs) (laughs) Katy Perry came on, I just just saw, saw... the distance it's all but a Greek that's what you need but you just get faster as it goes <laughs> I was chatting with a friend of mine and she, she has run a few marathons actually and her best tip was uh, find a nice bum and follow it uh, oh, that's <laughs> so funny genius Eye like, of the Tiger good. like you run faster when you listen to Eye of the Tiger I just have it on repeat on loop that's why there were so many people behind me the other day yeah <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I'm surprised he didn't jump in with something horribly inappropriate there. I don't run. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can loop round to the gym. I'll be doing my squats. See ya. <laughs> in terms of nutrition then, uh, as well, when it comes to marathon running, how important is that? What sort of things should be, you be prioritising? Because, I mean, I remember being uh, being fed jelly babies and people just had bowlfuls of those because, you know, whatever quick glucose that you could just get like, bang keep running the energy gels are yeah. some of the most dis- no, like, they taste like disgusting. you know those cubes cube jellies you get mm. so like someone would chop one of those up really finely and put like a salt salty water in it just shook it up yeah i think oh, they're the worst. with nutrition it's like first there's like on the day and the day before but like firstly clear up your nutrition because most people are doing things completely incorrect they're not getting enough in any way to mm-hmm. train and fuel what they're supposed to be doing but in terms of like prepping them like couple days before night before things like that it's like slowly loading yourself up on complex carbs Mm -hmm. making sure that there's not too much fiber going on because you're probably going to get some gastro on the day (laughs) making sure you're getting enough water in and slowly loading that up so everything's hydrated and you're ready energy wise and also not rotating your food too much away from what you know because then that leads to risk yeah. you don't know how your gut's gonna you don't want to be like a Paula Radcliffe and just shit yourself. yeah exactly <laughs> and then on and the other thing is realising that your gels and stuff don't have them the night before because you're gonna get this huge crash mm-hmm. you have those during the event um, and again make sure in my opinion with protein bars energy gels like you say there's such a varied spectrum of them stick to the ones you know and yeah. you've used during training because the one thing you don't want is gastro and the other thing is try and reduce your fat intake on the day because we know increased fat intake makes you gassy. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I would look at. And in terms of protein, make sure you're getting your protein in, but like keep it lean, I yeah. think. Because again, it's gastro. Mm-hmm. Gastro stuff, stick to what you know. But most people would do well with just clearing up 
the fact that they're having like 20 bottles of wine mm. a week having mm. 10 Guinnesses after I think people always focus on like that last one to two days or yeah. what should I do just before the marathon it's like well make sure you look at what you're eating the whole way through your training as well before, yeah, yeah it shouldn't be it's that drastic out. like no. once you fixed it it's yeah. like a few tweaks you do yeah. on the night before yeah, exactly. you load up like, like like anything, I think you need to lose weight sustainably as well, mm. like realistically. Because even if you're even if you're not necessarily carrying a lot of body fat, even if you're quite lean, quite muscular, mm. you probably could still do with losing a few kilos. I remember I was comfortable. I like sitting between ninety five and one hundred yeah. myself. I dipped to like eighty eight for the yeah. race, and just it helps. because exactly because your 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 joints are going to take an absolute battering through your training through everything. So just make sure you progressively move that down. But at the same time, you know you don't want to crash down lose too much muscle mass at the same time well is it for every kilo you're overweight that you should be there's four is it four kilos of force that goes through the knee so if you're doing like a kilometer then -hmm. you've increased that tonnage no it's like more it's like times isn't it time sorry don't quote me on that figure because I forgot what it is. I don't but know. There's, it's something like there's that. There's more force that goes through. Basically, <laughs> you can see why if you're a little bit overweight, your knees and backs and all of that. Because every time you hit the floor, you've got the force of your weight plus everything you've stuck into the floor. Mm-hmm. That's why you should be doing your weight training. That's why you should be doing exactly what you're saying. Cutting down sustainably so that you're more economical. But that is the biggest issue with people when they first start out, so we go back to day one of their training program, they're a little bit out of condition, they're not so strong, they're a little bit overweight, and then they're trying to hit a PB on their first 5K, and it's like, you're gonna kill yourself. <laughs> so the real takeaway from this is come see us and we'll yeah, sort you out. Exactly. Yeah. Game of the week, guys. So Andy, it will obviously take me about 20 minutes to explain <laughs> this to you, so that's gonna mm-hmm. take us up to the full runtime of the podcast. But Nat, I'll explain it to you first, and then may- maybe it'll it'll see. Maybe it'll see. Maybe who knows? Um, so I thought we do a little bit of. I thought we do a little bit of fortunately, unfortunately. So I'm going to read a statement saying fortunately. Uh, an example would be uh, fortunately the brown bear has a warm fluffy coat, and then I want you guys to come up with a follow up. But unfortunately, for instance, it was hotter than a sauna <laughs> with a vindaloo. Okay. Um, something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like um, so. so I thought the first one we would tackle is fortunately Nat has phenomenal genetics. Oh. Andy. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, it Unfortunately. means she has a fat ass. <laughs> Unfortunately, she covers it up. <laughs> it's these baggy more than muscle jumpers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Alright guys, I'll, I'll open up the floor for you guys to savage me a little bit. Mm. Um, fortunately, Max is very tall. Unfortunately, he's vegan. <laughs> uh, the you I, set yourself up. I cannot wait to do a, a, a protein episode or just something where I'm just going to absolutely go to town on YouTube. But again, I'm gonna be. I'm not going to be that vegan. Yeah, everyone knows. The thing is, like, I'm never, I'm never gonna bang on about being vegan because it just annoys people, and it, you don't want to th- shove anything down their throats. If anyone wants to Especially ask me, not any questions, me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if anyone has got any questions, you can message me at Max Love Fitness. But otherwise, 
a cheeky plug for myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't message us. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't talk to these two. These two are dickheads. But anyway. <laughs> the thing is, you've got, you've got to let people come to you with these sorts of questions. Like, if you try and shove information down their throats, no one's going to care. Yeah. You're like the crazy vegan lady in, in Guildford that comes <gasps> up and hands you pamphlets yeah. being like... Oh, my God. She secretly goes home. She's like, save the peace. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. I was with you, Andy, and uh, we were walking together and she came up to us about to start preaching I and I just like, I'm already vegan. I'm and one of she, you. Exactly, she just nodded and just kept walking. It was fantastic. She's like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Little malfunction there in her brain, mate. Right, so next one, I thought we would go with Andy, who is fortunately a great cook. Shame. Unfortunately, it's all meat. <laughs> Unfortunately, it gives me a fat ass. <laughs> so it's a theme. <laughs> More for me. Oh, wait, Matt, what were you saying before we started recording? Just like, even when you put something that Andy says he doesn't want, he just, yeah, he just he keeps eats, going. He eats it. Yeah. He's like, why did you cook this? It's all about getting the mileage in. <laughs> exactly. He's loading up on that glucose for those three reps that he's going to perform <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we've got two more, guys. Two more. So I thought I would go with, fortunately, more than muscle clients are getting ridiculous gains. But unfortunately... They need new wardrobes. Wait, what? Are you, are you, are you calling out all our clients? They always have. I always feel like people change their clothes. Like, whether they're getting, like, bigger because of the gains or losing weight. Ah, okay. I thought you were just saying they've got dead gym outfits. Oh, no. <laughs> That's true. I had a client, um, she, she recently told me she's been losing uh, loads of weight. Um, but she's been doing really, really well. She's down four dress sizes. But she came into her session yesterday and she said, yeah, I just went into, went into the shop the other day. I'm down two cup sizes. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I'm both sorry, but also not sorry. Yeah, sorry, time. not sorry. <laughs> okay, guys, and I thought our last one we would do is fortunately... More than muscle trainers are absolute dons, but unfortunately, the rest of the fitness industry shite. <laughs> oh, no. all, all of our PT mates just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> seething. Exactly. No, I'm not saying uh, you're wrong in that. Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, um, well, there's yeah. no unfortunately. That's not unfortunate. No, it's yeah. just not unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. You're, you're welcome if you, if you're signed up with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, unfortunately, unfortunately we can't take on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I thought we would briefly touch on equipment, gear, all that sort of stuff when it comes to marathoning or just general long distance events. Uh, so, there was an unofficial world record of a sub two hour marathon, which is just obscene uh, it was specifically uh, 1 hour 59 uh, 40 seconds you know barely under 2 hours but still <laughs> like I could get anywhere close uh, it was bitter it was a yeah, precisely uh, oh yeah I had a ruptured Achilles I'd have, I'd have done it in uh, I'd have done it in 158 easy <laughs> um, so that was set by and I'm going to butcher this pronounce, pronunciation um, uh, Iliad Kipchoge uh, Keep chugging. That, that, that was okay. That was all right. That, was, that was good. It, it could have gone worse. Could have gone worse. Um, and he ran, ran them in uh, Nike Alpha Fly prototypes, um, which have since been banned. What? In, yeah, have they? Yeah, I didn't know in, that. In, in in competition. 
What are they wearing now? Why? Gymshark. Why? Gymshark yeah. uh, ones, your toes hanging out, isn't it? Well, it's, it's similar. So it happens with it happens with a lot of stuff. So there's there's a company called Athletic Propulsion Labs, um, and their their whole marketing is that they're banned in the NBA um, because uh, what was it? Uh, because allegedly all these tests show that they improve your vertical jump. Mm. So it's the uh, the whole principle. It was just these oh prototypes. So I think they've released like a like a version of it which is legal. But I think these specific shoes that he was in, they were looking mm. at the, the height or whatever. Actually, I remember this. So, yeah. did we, that doc, because I think we saw this documentary, but I think we saw the other one that you're you going to mention, the two-hour one. Yeah, yeah, so there, there's, this is this is an unofficial world record. So it's similar to, you know, half Thor's yeah. uh, yes. 501 so it was deadlift. Chasing, it was, I think it was called Chasing 2 yeah. documentary on YouTube. And brilliant documentary mm-hmm. really really good and they have these four guys and they want to get them uh they want to get them under two mm-hmm. and i don't think he quite did under two but he was very very close and i remember the next day watching it and i and i heard what speed that they were running mm-hmm. and i went onto the treadmill and i ran it <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? They did this for two hours. <laughs> it's mad. It's mad. And the I most important variable. I not believe it. The most important variable for him was not his shoes. It was the water. No, I, I don't think that was him. When he was, it was dehydrated. One. one of them, they ran long, one of these guys ran long distances, mm-hmm. but nev- never drank water. Because he was so fit. He didn't feel the need he to He didn't ever drink didn't water. Thirsty. Another one ran it barefoot and they gave him trainers he was like what <laughs> <laughs> so then they just gave him some water and yeah. he smashed it straight away Inc- absolutely really? yeah reminds me of that uh, Ross Edgley book he's got his art mm. of resilience book and stuff like that and it's all about barefoot running mm. being one with nature but just being effectively just a certified bad man mm. um, I think it was the whole idea but yeah obviously if you if you train without all those advantages as soon as you put them into play all of a sudden you're going to be you're going to be ridiculous it's like uh, you know training i remember in in those uh, those outdoor hoops which are like solid metal really really thick hoops you you make like one in 50 shots Mm, because it's got to be a perfect switch or it's it just flies two miles away um so yeah obviously if you train to shoot really well in something like that Mm. when you get on a decent court it's going to be easy same thing with anything it's like you know all all your sleeves belts everything like that yeah, 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 if you can lift lift raw, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. then as soon as you get all the bells and whistles, it's just like, flying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do, do, what do you guys think about gear in general then when it comes to the, whether it be the gym or, or sports specifically? Do you think it's making uh, world records kind of obsolete almost just because are they giving you that much of an advantage? I think they do. Mm-hmm. But it's like the percentage, it's like you still need to be there to oh, utilise yeah. it and every single mm-hmm. athlete there has access to most of the good stuff so it's an even playing field alright you might have Adidas and you might wear Nike but that percentage I don't know because yeah. uh, well, it's I comfort think, as well yeah it's like, and I think if you take all of the the bells and whistles away for everyone they'll still smash it they'll probably mm-hmm. still smash it yeah. uh, because it'll all be the same it's like when I used to play football yeah. if I wore Predators I thought I could take a free kick like Beckham Hmm. it's just like yeah. it's psychological as well but yeah, you've got away with what you're comfortable with yeah but I'm not saying they won't smash smash it like and, and go very very fast but I'm talking about world records when it comes to getting you know we're, we're getting really into the fine nitty gritty details of it mm. I, I think um, they can it, I, I think they can but 
I think it's percentages, but then it's percentages that give you the world record. Mm. Yeah. But it could be coming from anywhere. It's hard to measure it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've yeah. got, you, you look at how, how training's adapting and stuff, and, you know, world record set, you know, 10, yeah, 20, look at 20 tra- years look ago. Yeah, training now. What, what they've got incredible. available to like, them. Yeah. It could be something as simple as you've got two of the top athletes that are going to smash the world record. One has a good night's sleep, and the other one had a bit of a broken sleep because they were nervous. Mm. Mm-hmm. Next day, didn't happen. Yeah. Like it, it's hard to measure those things. A lot of factors, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you know, as, as tech it keeps going, I've seen those um, those cryo guns look really mm. cool. I mean, I've, I've been in a cryo chamber before. Yeah. We're thoroughly endorsed as well. A lot of fun, but I so think good. They cost like forty grand or something. It's so good. Uh, but you can get a gun, um, which ha- gives you pretty much the exact same thing. So mm. it like, shoots liquid nitrogen onto you, yeah. uh, oh and my basically, gosh. It, it basically it takes ten uh, ten minutes or something like that, and it's the equivalent of like four hours cryo. Wow. Just just like that to reduce inflammation around your Which joints. Which like the game changer that all my ACL guys are wearing. So mm. you wear it, it's like a sleeve, like a massive sleeve, but it ices your leg, but it also compresses it in. Yeah. So it just reduces the inflammation around the surgery just like tenfold. Mm-hmm. It's so important for the recovery. Yeah. When it comes to weight loss and things like that as well, obviously people sign up to marathons, these long distance events looking... To, for effectively a reason to force them to get in shape to to get fitter mm. what would you guys say are better avenues people could potentially go down uh, when it comes to that sort of thing because obviously as we've mentioned about the toll that running can take on your joints bits and pieces like that what other forms of uh, cardio yeah. sport uh, training methods would potentially be more efficient for uh, losing weight for I losing weight or just physique yeah, well, I mean, no, for, for, no, not necessarily for physique, for, for, weight, for, for, loss. for weight loss specifically. I think, I think that's what people are the most sport about. of managing your nutrition. Well, no, I think people <laughs> always think that they're all. Um, so runners' physiques typically tend to be quite lean. Yeah. So people think if they start running, then they'll get the runner's physique, yeah. or they'll they'll lose weight, but you don't have to run to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like running will burn calories. But you shouldn't just be running <laughs> to, to burn calories. Yeah, that's yeah. not the metric they're looking at as an athlete. Those those guys that are no. top, they're not even looking at that. That's they're looking at like their performance, and yeah, there's so much more that running can give you than I'm just doing it to burn calories. I think if you're just running to burn calories, don't do it. It's so boring. Yeah, and also, there's more efficient ways for you yeah. to create your deficit, yeah. which is yeah. what you need, and you don't actually have to be killing yourself because the problem is. In order for you to lose weight, there needs to be a duration of consistently doing the same thing. But if you're going balls to the walls to do it all the time, then you're likely to drop off the cliff. So yeah, if, if you're you can, hating it. Yeah, if you, can, if you can manipulate all the variables that are associated to fit your lifestyle so that you feel good about it, you can do it on really minimal effect. And it starts accumulating over time and then you lose, you lose the weight that you want. Like, but also, if yeah. you're if you're overweight and you're running, like we were talking about, of like your your joints as well and the way that you move, that's probably going to be quite painful yeah. to do, and yeah. it's not it's not going to feel very comfortable. Especially if you're significantly overweight. Imagine yeah. so, say, say you're say you're border or bordering on it obese and you're going for a run. It's the equivalent of someone who's a healthy weight wearing like a 30, 40 kilo weighted vest. Yeah. And you look at someone like that and think, oh no, that can't be good for your yeah. joints. Mm. But for some reason, if you're overweight, you seem to think yeah. running's gonna be it's good like, for you. Obviously, if you're gonna run, then you need to run at some stage, but you can use something like a cross trainer with, or swimming, where there's no pounding mm-hmm. on the joints. You can build up your cardio output. So mm-hmm. you are actually getting fitter from an aerobic perspective. You are burning calories, which is gonna assist in your weight loss. 
mm-hmm. you are going to eat better because you're now in the zone of doing it so you want to support your wins and then as you start chipping away at that block you can introduce from your one run that you do for five minutes yeah. a 10 minute run a 20 minute run you can start building the levels up yeah. and I think that's what people need to look at how they're building the Lego up rather than it's built and then they start yeah. smashing it down yeah. and the consistency don't happen and, and I think that's where the skilled eye comes in versus right what the fuck do I need to do yeah. come on I'm on it now yeah. and it lasts like a do minute do what you do what you enjoy like you don't have to love running yeah. I hate running I bloody hate it I only did it last year because there was nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> didn't you exactly oh, yeah, yeah you're, only allowed out, you're only allowed out once a day so I remember I was running for like two hours yeah, easy because I, I was like I'm only allowed out the house once a day for exercising yeah. make the most of it yeah <laughs> we were up and down the lane all the time just just running <laughs> but yeah. yeah that being said like to sprint to weightlift talking about the Olympic stuff Olympic weightlifting and to be able to jog at a certain pace cyclically for a long period of time those three things are like one of the most beautiful best locomotive things that you can do ever and they are so complex that if all you're doing is looking at it from a calorie perspective you're missing the boat on what mm. that is about because mm-hmm. it's like that is a whole sport in itself like i remember being at union steve magnus was one of the um lecturers who used to come on the on sites and he he's written the book the science of running and like when you listen to him speak and like you watch him coach his athletes this next level was unbelievable about the art of how like the things that you look at to keep the cyclical pattern going so it's economical and it's not hurting your joints and like you're getting you're like knocking off minutes of your pbs and it's nothing to do with fitness levels it's to do with economy yeah and like that's what you should be looking at when you're doing things like that how can you better those things then all of a sudden you start appreciating it and you do everything else around doing that sport to support it, mm-hmm. and you lose weight as a consequence because you're doing. Mm. I would I would also strongly advise anyone who's looking to get into running, whether it's for an event or not for an event, to go and see a running shoe specialist mm. largely yeah. because if you actually go into a specialist shop, I'm not just talking about you know your average JD Sports or whatever. If you go in there, they'll actually look at your movement pattern. Usually, they've got a treadmill in there. Mm. They'll look at your weight distribution. Uh, for instance, whether you're flat-footed, whether you put a lot of weight through your heels, through your toes, and they will give you something, whether it's an insole or a specific shoe or whatever it is, which will help compensate yeah. that to stop putting that constant tension through your joints. I think I think the stat is a good shoe can knock a minute off every mile. Yeah, I, I do, I'd agree with that. I've got a pair of um, Brooks, Brooks, which I, I, would, I would thoroughly endorse to any marathon runner. If you want a, the comfiest running shoe... They are they are absolutely incredible for long mm. distance stuff. You and you can just feel your your joints just singing. It's, it's I so know when I go for a run. I've got breath. The first thing that goes is like ankle, calf, way before lungs go. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can oh, improve absolutely. those things, like what you say, get better fighting weight for your run. Yeah, sort your shoes out. Look at how you're running. Yeah. So when it comes to getting these these new shoes that we're talking about here, Andy, how long prior to a race? Because obviously that fucked it. Um, <laughs> wearing new ones the, the I think day I got mine like I think I got mine about 10 days before and yeah. I knew I needed new shoes mm-hmm. and I thought should I get them or should I not so yeah. I got them and I was like mm-hmm. bad decision yeah I would because of the amount of volume of work you're going to do they're going to wear out mm-hmm. 
And so I would buy a few pairs of the shoe and I'd break them in slowly throughout whatever, whether you've got 18 weeks, 20 weeks, 30 weeks, whatever you're doing, I'd break them in slowly. Um, I'd obviously use the more worn one first, but I'd make sure that you've got a window of at least a month where you're knowing what one you're going to use. But I'd definitely have more than one pair of shoes, even though they're the same pair of shoes. Yeah. Get them done, the same ones, but have a few of them because you're going to wear them out. You obviously want to wear the one that's least worn out on the day, mm-hmm. but you've broken them in. Yeah, if you're getting the mileage in, yeah. they're going to wear out. They're that's, just, that's just a fact. Um, yeah, I, I think if there, there's another, just to help you with your, your football scenario, there's uh, there's an interesting product you can buy. Because um, I remember, I think I thought it was so weird when I was running the, <laughs> running the marathon, there were, there were genuinely blokes with uh, little latex gloves and massive blobs of Vaseline, and they're just holding <laughs> their hands out like every like mile or so. No it's, it's, it's deeply creepy. Like if you make eye contact oh with a bloke that's handing your Vaseline God. out of his hands, yeah, it's yes. a bit weird. Um, <laughs> what is that for your nipples? Yeah, yeah. So you rub a little bit, just there. I, just, I don't know why. I just I, I don't know why. I just demonstrated it as well. Just there. Or check, there for some people. Check it out on YouTube. Are your nipples yeah. there? Uh, they, they are. They are. Believe it or not, underneath this baggy jumper. Um, yes, yes, they are. Um, but no, there's there's a decent product which some runners use, which is. Um, uh, it's it's like a, a sticker, so it's only taped around your nipple, and then it's just a little guard. Mm. I think they're called they're called nipple guards. The worst thing though um, is taking it off. Like, uh, half that's m- what I mean. So that that's these aren't actually stuck uh. to your nipples, so they're 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 they're, uh, oh gosh, they're breathing, which is uh, yeah an interesting product. I was watching a, watching a video of a of a marathon runner the other day talking about her training, and it was interesting how she pays. And I'm not saying everyone could do this. I say not everyone pretty much no one, unless you're a professional, could do this. She pays someone to drive around the different spots and track her on a tracker app mm. to like drop off water and like snacks and like all that sort of mm. stuff um, while she's training. I don't know if you've got, it. May, maybe if you've got a very charitable friend in your marathon training, you're getting in your last couple 20 milers before your deload, <laughs> three to four weeks before the, before the race and someone's willing to drive around at night on a weekday. <laughs> And hand you energy bars and gels and water and stuff. Then uh, yeah, find yourself a friend yeah, like that. That is a good friend. Or just a whipped partner of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, congratulations! I hear you booked a wedding venue whilst you were out in Cyprus. Oi! Oi! This is going to be a marathon. <laughs> um, so again, this round of Max's mediation before we before we get to the big day. Um, I thought we would do a little bit of compliment tennis. So I know this is going to be hard for you, Andy. But I thought we'd uh, just go back and forth and say something you like about one another. And oh my God, this is hilarious. The, fucking brilliant. the first one that runs out of things to say, clearly doesn't love the other one as much as him. Go on then, love. You can start. To, to serve Nat, why don't you, why don't you start this off? Because I have a feeling you'll, uh, you might do better at this game. Really? I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe. Um, driven. Ooh. Nice. Oh, that's 15 nice. love. <laughs> um, not driven. Uh, it's a compliment. Something tennis. Yeah, that is a compliment. Because I'm too driven. Uh, so so she, you're saying she levels you up by Level, not being level driven? Up. Exactly. Okay. Like it. I'm, I'm, that's very backhanded. I See? said compliment. No, tennis. I'm a defender by nature. You something better than that. Nah, it's, it's a long, we'll, it's we'll a long rally. Back, we'll roll with a backhanded compliment. Nah, let's, let's not, well, I, I still say okay. it's 15 love. Okay. <laughs> um, Are you blushing? Does a good barbecue. 
Oh, Ooh. that's a big compliment. Nice. He already knows it though. Plains good dishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy. oh my god. <laughs> You're Again, are you blushing? Out. All, I think she's blushing. They're all backhanded. I'm not blushing. Get their camera zoomed in. I've still got it as, uh, as well. We'll say thirty love now. That. <laughs> now wait until you. Deuce. <laughs> um. Oh, this is so hard. Really? We've got. So you do a good barbecue and you're quite driven. Yeah, yeah I like what, it. What else do you need? What else? Yeah. That's I'm simple. Um. Oh, I know. Here we go. Um. Gives me. Gives me peace and quiet every Saturday for a few hours. Nice. <laughs> Is that when he goes off for football? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. Puts the kettle on well most evenings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm done with this one. What's your, what's your go-to, uh, go-to uh, stick the kettle on, love? Put, the kettle always on go, love? Put a kettle on, love. That's what, every every morning and every evening. All right, I'll tell you what, one one you might enjoy a bit more than that. Why don't we switch it up and go for pet peeve tennis? Ooh. So just now we're around. talking. Here we go. I've Here got we go. so many of these. Right. <laughs> here now. Pick it. Never, it. never makes anything Ooh. for himself. What do you in, mean? In the kitchen. Unless the it's kitchen. outside on the barbecue. I'm, okay. No teas, dinners, nothing. I was born outside, baby. <laughs> uh, pick it, lick it, roll it, flick it. What? Oh. Pick it, lick it, roll it, flick it. That's more pet peeve with you. I never pick my own. Right. Do you? Though? I'll catch that on camera. No, I actually oh, okay. don't. That on camera. We're gonna, we're we'll gonna... ask your mother about that one. <laughs> <laughs> one I'm going to allow you both two each before this, this degenerates too much. Um, Make them good ones. He spends hours on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> So That's more peace and quiet. Peace and now. quiet for me. That's and, why I stay in there. Andy, <laughs> Andy when, he's going, when he's going, making his way to the toilet, he has to collect everything. Like, he gets his cup of coffee. Wait. He gets his phone. Like, yeah. He brings a That's where I do all my blogs. <laughs> I log and blog. <laughs> yeah, well, at least I shut the door. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Do you leave the door I, open? I do. Do you leave the door open? Oh, okay. Don't know why? Because no one else is in the house. When she needs a wife. Yes. She goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting. Uh, no, you're the one with the door open. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got one more. Come on. Um, I have to ask him to put the bins out. So. Like, why can't he just do it? Because <gasps> usually Corniston tells me. Shots fired. Uh, my last pet peeve. I love how much easier you guys are finding this than the compliments. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually doing quite good. Yeah, pet peeve. Uh, Andy obviously finds this one harder. He's all out. Yeah. This is so little this, to pick yeah. apart. Yeah. The last pet peeve would be to do with watching the fucking Kardashians, oh, no. even though she's seen the episodes. Wait, what? And then all these fucking shitters that she watches on the television. I mean, it looks horrendous already. It's I mean, fucking why you'd horrendous. Watch it again? Why? Oh, I actually no. Point I, finger I know, at her. Yeah. Point. <laughs> I can't even deny that. Exactly. I want to get. I want to get the bell from Game of Thrones. Just walk behind you and shout. There's a tambourine. Shame. 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 Tambourine. Anyone, if you uh, if you if you see that in the street, all right. <laughs> That's, that's what I no, my favourite at the moment is Selling Sunset. Ugh. I've watched it three times, and this, yeah. What is Selling Sunset? It's on Netflix, and it's about real estate. They're trying to sell you a sunset. They're trying to sell houses in LA. 
Mate, somewhere it's else. It's brilliant. That it's sounds so good. I don't know where you find the time, love. You know what I mean? It's so good. <laughs> if she was busy training clients doing programs. Yeah! <laughs> editing the old podcast. <laughs> <laughs> busy editing the podcast, you said. Thank you guys very, very much for listening to the More Than Muscle podcast. Find us on More Than Muscle LTD, Max Dodd Fitness, PT Andy Pelides, PT Nat Sylvester, and all that good stuff. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week for another stupendous episode. If I <laughs> um, do say more so. More mediation. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more mediation. Who won? Who won? Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you what um, I'll put a poll up on Instagram and oh. you guys you guys can decide who won that's that <laughs> that's that